Welcome to the Aesthetic Doctor Podcast. We don't shy away and keep secrets here. We empower you with education, telling you the truth about all things aesthetic medicine while encouraging you to be the best version of yourself. It's time to look great and feel good doing it. This is your host, mom, speaker, and board-certified physician, Dr. Judith Forger. Hello, friends. This is Dr. Borger, and welcome to episode 41 of the Aesthetic Doctor podcast. Today, I have a true treat for you, and I actually have my personal coach and friend, Dr. Lil Supermanand, with me, who is a practicing I am hospitalist. She is a master life coach. As I said, she's my personal coach. Um, she hails from South Carolina. And, you know, there's much, much more to her, but that is my quick bio. And we're going to talk about really what it means to live a rich and full life. So please help me in joining to welcome Dr. Lil Supranand. Hi, Lil. Hi, Jude. How are you? I am doing wonderful. How are you? I know we just got both back from the beach. Those are like the amazing things about, again, living a rich life, being in North Carolina, South Carolina, sort of the ocean. How are you? I am great. It was lovely. I'm sorry we didn't connect, but we're going to, you and I are going to intentionally set some more fun time together. Um, Yeah, no, I love beach time, ocean family time. It was a really great vacation. Yeah. Yeah. For us too, for us too. So, um, you know, as I sort of hinted in the intro, um, you have this concept that I'm absolutely in love with. Um, that is really the concept of a rich life. And I think when sometimes people hear rich life, they probably think of like monetarily rich, Um, but really for us, a rich life is so much more than money. Um, yes, money may or may not be part of it. Um, but I would just love for you to kind of share with all of our listeners, like, what do you mean by living a rich life? I mean, um, so I, and I do want to give a shout out to Ramit Seti, um, who, I let, he has a concept rich life, but his is a little bit different. And, um, my concept of rich life is I think we ought to, um, live our life with intention and sort of this powerful creative force moving forward and rich to me means, um, I think of it like a lobster bisque. Why lobster bisque? I don't know. But to me, that's like a rich, creamy, flavorful. There's more than one ingredient. It's not just one thing. And all the pieces of our life sort of come together to make this rich, creamy bisque. And it's just not being one thing. We're so often focused on our careers as physicians, we get so tunnel vision um, that this is sort of all we are and all we do, but of course it's not. And I just love the idea of thinking of the pieces of our lives, especially in terms of the who, like who we are in different aspects, great mother, great friend, uh, business owner, doctor, um, 
great daughter. Like these are how I sort of categorize my rich life uh, sections. And I just really like to think about all of that with intention. And um, it keeps me, it helps keep me, I won't, I don't want to say it's perfect, more present focused, more focused on the now instead of always on that distant horizon. So that's my my basic sort of idea of a rich life. And, you know, when you talk about a lobster bisque, I, I think the other thing that it evokes for me is really this like lusciousness and luxury and abundance, right? You don't have to eat lobster, but you eat right. it because you love it. And it's just a little fancy, but attainable. And I think when I, you know, having worked with you for years um, and you having helped me create sort of this fall abundant help or clarify, right? Um, and with intention, go after what's important to me. I think that's one of the things that I would love to highlight is the fact that you know, even if we have lobster bisque, right? And I guess traditionally, if I'm not a cook, but if I were a cook, there is definitely some ingredients like lobster and heavy cream and whatever else, like, please correct me if I'm wrong, that have to go into <laughs> I don't <there>. cook it. <laughs> so, um, you know, this is not a cooking analogy, people. Um, but the whole idea I think about a rich life is that really you can define what yeah. goes into a rich life. So you could have your lobster bisque for all I care with crab meat and like, you know, dairy free. I don't know how you would make cream, but, it, but as I said, like there is not ingredients that have to be in there for most of us there's probably some similar ingredients but really the fact that your favorite soup of your life choosing you can create based on what feels delicious and abundant and important to you yes yes that is that is a great point and and when we work with folks or even you know we do a workshop on rich life but just thinking about my rich life and your rich life do not look the same and right, they shouldn't like the things that delight me and um, have meaning to me won't look like you or our colleagues. And that's the beauty of maybe we maybe the lobster bisque needs to go and it needs to be like a salad with a different agreements. But yeah, it's so it's so specific to you. And I just love the idea of being intentional and thinking about what does my rich life look like? What, what do I love to do? Who do I love to be? And then I like to really be concrete mm -hmm. about, okay, what does that look like? And so, you know, as far as starting to think for your listeners, like how might they create their own rich life? I would start with like, who do I want to be? And, you know, I do a few categories, but, you know, do you want to be, if you're a partner with a romantic partner or a mother or a father, um, I include, you know, I'm still a child of a parent. I include that friendship is very important to me. So I think in those categories, and then I really dr drill down on just a few very concrete things like, what would it look like for me to be a great mother? And for one example, this is a recurring one because I'm not hit the target of good swimmer, but um, 
I put, have my son have swim lessons again this year. And that will, that will be a great mother. Another is to spend, um, to do a bike ride with my older son about once a week or something similar. But the point of all this is to give you like some thinking about like, okay, what does it really look like? How do I want to spend that time to take it from the vague airy fairy to like, okay, here's some things that meet my criteria for great mother, great wife. And then have you, I, the thing I really love about it is I set the intention. And then when I'm doing the thing, which often are very mundane things, you know, a bike ride once a week, fairly mundane, but I get to notice like when I'm doing it, that I'm doing the thing I set out to do. And I link it with great mother. And then I get afterwards, I get to have that satisfaction of having like completed that cycle and sort of done the thing. And then it makes me want to do it more. Right. And that you, I mean, I love the idea that you put it into concrete and achievable goals, because again, for all of us, that means different things. Like for me, I want to have 10 minutes of intentional time with each of my children a day. You know, I want to read to my children before bedtime, like for me, you know, on the days that I don't work um, that time. But for me, that is one of the things that defines a great mother. And I sometimes, um, you know, when I talk to people about their fitness goal everybody is like oh I want to work out I want to be fit I'm like well what does that concretely mean to you what's your minimum baseline you know is that a 20 minute workout three times a week or what does that mean what's achievable what's real like what will make your brain think yes I've done it yes 100% I love okay two things you said in there one I love the concept of minimum baseline like I think we don't think about that enough we're always thinking about something that is hard to achieve. Love the minimum baseline. But yes, like that feeling of, yes, I've done the thing. Like you get to set goals that give you that feeling. And I I, I think that's so important to keep us going instead of always keeping the achievement of goals beyond us. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting thing, right? How we set those goals, like, you know, and I have a minimum baseline for most days that I call 20 minutes of workout. Again, Mm -hmm. it's a super arbitrary number. I have just decided in my head that if I do 20 minutes of a Peloton workout, I call that a workout, okay? Um, and, And you're right, it makes it so much easier to be like, yes, I exercise X number of times a week. It's the same of 10 minutes of like, time with my children or reading books like three days a week. I think that's one of those things about a rich life that I really love is that the purpose is not to say I have a rich life when I'm financially independent and I retire on the beach and I weigh 130 pounds because that is just going to make you feel bad at this point in time because you're not there yet, right? And you're going to look at the gap versus the gain versus to really look at the satisfaction in the present moment and the things that bring you joy today. And even if it might be something like, you know, we take one beach vacation this week and don't 
you know what I mean? And minimize electronics or whatever it is. And then you can sit on the beach and be like, I gave my kid that summer experience hmm? that I was hoping for. Yes. Yes. I, I do. I just love, and I was looking back before this um, episode, I was looking back at uh, this year's list, which I kind of keep active. And I was looking at past year's list. And I just love, I do, I love that feeling of noticing when you're doing the thing that you've set as an intention months or even years before. I love that, like clicking in feeling. I I really love that. And and it's, you're going to go on the beach vacation anyway, but you get to enhance it and really like feel the love and the awareness of your surroundings. I think even more when you've said in January or February or whenever you get to your goals that you're going to do this in July. I mean, the thing's already booked, but you get to anticipate it. And then you get to be like, ah, here I am. And I'm doing the thing. I love that. Really, a rich life is also a lot about the attitude, right? It's about the, I don't know, like, I think what you're describing a lot is that feeling of presence and celebration because we've intentionally crafted it. And I think when we explain coaching to people, sometimes your life can look almost the same, but it feels entirely different. And I would love to just kind of, have you take over there about how you would explain that to people in terms of the feeling, the thoughts, both with coaching and a rich life, it might look very similar from before, but it Mm -hmm. feels so completely different. That that's a great question. And it's funny. So fairly short before uh, we got on this call, I was um, working out with my new new personal trainer, which was one of my rich life goals from 2022. Um, and it took me to 2023 to make it happen, but I would actually just wanted to share that with everyone. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, okay. yeah, totally. Okay. But she and I were talking, we're about the same age and have kids about the same age. And we were talking about the difference. We were talking about rich life. Um, it just happened to come up the difference in sometimes our default narrative Mm -hmm. about the situation, say having the kids home for the summer. And um, my default narrative might be that they need a lot of attention from me. And, you know, it's sort of a hassle to figure out the childcare. But when I set the rich life goals that, you know, I'm going to spend, you know, this time with my kids, I, you know, This year, I didn't have a camp goal, Um, but last year in 2022, I had a goal that I was going to find like a couple different camps for one kid and one camp for the other. And the difference is like, I'm going to do the camps anyway, just like you said, the life doesn't look that different, but I get to feel instead of hassled and sort of put upon, I get to feel like a great mother and that feeling of. I'm doing the thing, I'm making the life that I want. And just like you said, the actual actions are the same, but it's that presence and it's, and it's practice over and over, 
bringing myself back to know this is the life I've created. This is what I want to be doing. This is how I want to feel about this situation. It feels so much more rich and powerful than our default. And it's my default. It's probably everyone's default is, you know, to feel sort of scrambly, put upon, like just have a sort of default negative narrative. And so this keeps me coaching um, and this sort of intentional attitude selection keeps me feeling more the way I want to feel mm-hmm. or the life that looks, like you said, often largely the same. And, you know, what you do also is when you evaluate though, what your rich life is, I think some of it is like also to say, you know, when you look at your life, like what do you want to keep and what do you not want to keep? Like, right. Like are these, you know, we have very intentionally chosen when we talk about kids, like my kids are in a summer camp all, all summer long. Um, but you know, we have very much intentionally chosen that my daughter will only do like one sport a season. Just because like, it's already three days a week and it just feels like, you know, I get to say she has after school enrichment sports and teams and all that stuff, but everything more than that, like takes away from our family time, our other time. And and sometimes you can also make that intentional choice and you can let go of things, right? Like um, you don't have to keep up with your neighbors that have their kids and 12 activities, okay? Because they are hoping their kid is gonna go to the junior Olympics, like for gymnastics. Like, you know, I don't don't really have that goal. Um, And I mean, at the end of the year, you do this wonderful rich life, workshop that, um, you know, two of anybody is especially a physician and interested, you know, will link everything and they can participate. But it is really also looking at your life and saying, which are the experiences that brought me joy, that brought me to feel how I want to feel, and which are the ones that don't, right? And Martha Beck does this great thing is if the ones that don't, you really have three options. I mean, other than, of course, you could suffer, but you can barter it, meaning you can pay somebody to do it. You know, if your Saturday's cleaning aren't your thing, like you could hire it out, right? Mm-hmm. You could batter it. So you could say, well, you know, I don't, can I take a podcast with me to garden if I have to weed my yard? Can I enroll my kid? You know, whatever it might be to make it a more enjoyable activity. Or um, you can just bag it. You know, certain things don't actually need to be done. Like, you know, my kid doesn't need more than one sport a season to be completely adequate and well-nourished and well-socialized child. Right, right. Exactly right. And one of the things, um, yes, I do that. And I was looking at that list. I call it a high value list. And I loved, I, it's actually my favorite part. It's like the excuse to do the rich life goals is to do the high value list. Because um, as you know, we look through all the pictures from the whole year and I look at my calendar and sometimes I'll look at my bank statements. And so you get to experience again, and I pull out the things that I consider high value, but absolutely at the end, I also pull out those things that I think weren't of high value. I'm not going to do them again. Okay. This is a little bit of a tangent, but it reminded me when you're talking about streamlining with your kids and just the fact that you have to make choices and trade-offs, like we cannot do 
everything we might like to do in the given amount of time. And I think like facing that is helpful. So one of the things I do, um, and I don't always hit this, but I think about people that I want to see in the year, coming year, in person, and people I want to keep up with maybe via phone or text. And it's, I I do that to help me, one, actually see people, of course, but it kind of helps me not feel those open threads of like a little bit guilty, maybe kind of the word is like, oh, I should be, um, I should make a girl trip with, you know, ex friend or whatever. I, you can't, I can't do them all. So I do kind of think in the beginning of the year, like there are these, uh, you know, three or four people that I really want to try hard to see in person this year. And, and then I've got some folks I want to try to keep up with. And that, I find that practice like keeps me, one, it does actually help me schedule the trip, but it really keeps me from feeling bad about what is a good thing, which is like that I have a lot of people that I love and would love to see. Yeah. And it, and it keeps you grounded, right? Because other than not like you said you're not able to do all the things but then let's be real we actually don't really want to do all the things either and sometimes it's really important to be honest with ourselves right is like if I only have x weekends in the year right you know like last summer I did a trip that was very expensive and in the end ended up on my like low value list and it made it really easy to sort of, first of all, even though like guilt dictated that it should have not been on the low value list and ended up being on the low value list, um, you know, it made it really easy then to make different choices. And it also makes that whole like FOMO thing easy, you know, when you see then somebody else get together or somebody going to this concert or somebody going there to remind yourself that you made the intentional choice that in this season of life with your resources and your time and time is such a precious resource that, you know, you would rather have a quiet weekend with your kids at the beach than yeah. to fly to yet another reunion or a Taylor Swift concert or whatever that might be, even though it looks shiny and nice on Facebook for all the other people. Right. I totally agree. I also have a very expensive trip from last year that made the low value list um, and an experience, you know, doing just like you said, looking at the low and high value made me realize that I don't love conferences with a bunch of people, even a bunch of people that I really enjoy. It turns out like, it's just like too much for me. I would rather I prefer one long conversation, you know, that like social butterfly thing is hard for me in person. Like I'm actually a little bit introverted. Um, so I use that. I wrote that on my list. And when I'm picking things that I want to go to this year, I'm taking that into account. And I'm just like you said, I'm, I'm giving myself grace about that. Like everybody doesn't like to do the same things. Yeah. And it has to do with your relationship to self, right? Because in a way, like the rich life really enables you to honor what you really love 
and honor yourself, right? So it's really a lot, I think, about relationship with self. And that is one of the things that has really transformed through your coaching for me is my relationship with myself and my honoring of myself and my likes and my dislikes. And, you know, we all have a certain disposition and we all have certain likes. And I think so many of us in our narrative are making ourselves wrong for being the way we are instead of just loving ourselves as much as we possibly can. And we had sort of this joke for a while that I was like, all right, I know the answer is always to love myself more because that was my work for a very long time was to just love myself more. And it was always the answer for a while. Yes. And I, so that was a joke, but I love you have, you know, your rich life has looked, has evolved and looks very different. Like now that loving yourself isn't an answer to, to every question, I feel like your creative energy is like off the charts and rich life today for you looks very different maybe than three or four years ago. And the thing that I'm super excited about, like, as you know, is I feel like your future rich life like we don't even know what it's going to look like. And that's like super exciting and like this powerful energy. And your future rich life is going to look totally different than my future rich life or someone else's future rich life, but so exciting. But that creative energy, that intentional um, life creation um, is actually really, really an honor for me to be a part of and to watch you do so. Oh, thank you. I received that. And I love you for all of, you know, all of the guidance and the help and, uh, you know, so for all the listeners out there, um, Lil really doesn't know like all of my deepest, darkest secrets <laughs> still like honors me and loves me. So that is the amazing thing about a coach too, is that, you know, I mean, today we're talking more as colleagues than as like coached coachee, but I think that is the amazing thing about coaching too, is the fact that, you know, there's this amazing amount of trust without judgment. And um, yes, like it is fun to create your intentional life. Like that is the other thing is that it is like a ton of fun to like think about how we can have the, what we consider the best life ever mm -hmm. right now and in the future. But I think it is really right now in the neoplanable future, you yes. know, what is going to hit the most? What is going to be the most high value? Summer, fall, spring, way to spend my winter break, mm -hmm. you know, high value and all the values that matter to me. And as I, and I love that you brought up that it will change, that it's not forever. It's, you know, you don't, just because with your three-year-old right now, you want to do a low key beach trip versus flying international, it's going to look a lot different than when they're 12 and when you're, you know, how old you'll be. Right, right, exactly. And we, we haven't talked about this, but I'm curious. So you're coaching now also, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. And you're helping physicians create a rich life. and. Um, people are so lucky to have you. So, but what's your, what's your take on that now as a coach? I mean, I think for most people, like 
it is a completely mind-blowing thing. I mean, especially, you know, with physicians, um, and and I'm sure, you know, you I, I assume you feel that same way. You know, I think a lot of physicians, you know, we spend so much time on that one track that people told us the track was, you know, like where you like, you know, had to go get your degree and then you had to get do whatever you needed to do to get into medical school. And then you had to do whatever you do to get into residency. And then you had to do whatever you did to do fellowship or whatever, or get board certified. And I think, you know, the idea that there are so many choices and that life is limitless. Mm-hmm. Like it is one of my most fun, like exciting things about coaching, just when people start seeing that. And I, I always say that my superpower as a coach isn't seeing the infinite possibilities. Um, it just is my most favorite thing. I mean, it is my most favorite thing because I think you know, people also think they have to kind of, you know, stay in this one job to retirement. And just because somebody told them they need to serve on this many committees and they need to chart at night and there's like absolutely no other way to do it. And then sort of when they realize as, as an adult, some of those are really like societal constraints and that you're, personality and your desires and your wishes like and your dreams really matter Mm -hmm. and that there's really so much creativity and that there's actually very few rules and I don't mean like I mean of course there's rules but what I'm saying is like there's no reason that you really actually have to do certain things um, other than society made you think that you're obligated to do that. Um, And I'm not expressing this right in terms of like, because of course every choice has a consequence, but you actually have more choices than you think. Yes. Yes, there's consequences to every choice, but as a grown up, especially with a medical degree, there's actually a lot of choices that you have, whether you exercise them or not. Right. Yes, there are. I, I totally, I don't think I had heard you say what your superpower was, but it totally makes sense. Um, you know, helping see infinite possibilities because the big, to me, that's just totally linked to the way I see that creative energy. Like, I just feel like you have such an abundance of creative energy and that's how you use it with other physicians. So that's super interesting to hear you put it that way. Well, so anyway, what do you think your superpower as a coach is? Because you're the most amazing coach. Well, thank you. I think my superpower, um, again, I was talking to my personal trainer about this today. Uh, we had a little session. <laughs> um, she's also an English person professor and she's really cool. Um, I think my superpower is like really, really deep listening. Like I am listening when I'm with another physician, you know, in a session, I'm listening with my whole body and being, and I'm listening to the words, of course, and I'm listening for the words behind the words and the energy. And I really love to connect with people and like deep listening so that I can reflect back like, okay, what are you really saying? 
And is this what you, you know, is this what you really mean? That that's what I think my superpower is that like really deep listening. Cause I just love to be in, I love to be in that zone with people. Yeah. I mean, as somebody who has coached with you for years, I, I definitely agree. And I think it's more than that. It's not just the listening. I think it's seeing, I think you have this unique ability to like see beyond and see deeper and like see the energy and see the things like you just see and you understand and and all that in a in a like space of non-judgment and love yeah well thank you I yeah I think that's what I call the deep listening I'm listening but I'm like listening to all like listening to everything I can and listening beyond the words is how I think of it. Um, and it's like the most fun thing to listen with someone and help them hear and see what their own self is saying. And that's really what coaching is all about. It's like bringing your truest self out. So it's like, not what I think you should do. It's, it's, I'm listening for what you really think and want to do and and all that and that's like and it's different for everybody it's it's the coolest thing it's the most amazing thing yeah and really you know we work with people's inner wisdom because like we talked about enriched life really goes back to that right it's whether you call it a rich life or a life of infinite possibilities it's really towards turning your life towards what it is that you truly want that your inner wisdom knows that you're capable of and you know what a coach will really do I think is sort of help you let go of some of that societal conditioning to really listen to you yes like this this is what I like yeah so tell me what's next for you I am what's next more the same, which is good. And like what I want right now. So I coach one-to-one physicians, um, which is like my deep passion and joy. So more of that, I still work in the hospital, uh, which I love. Um, I'm always messing around with the schedule. Um, which you may or may not know, like looking, looking for the just right sweet spot of like the family versus the time of the hospital and, and all that. It's, it's an ongoing uh, process. Um, And then the other like big thing for me in this season of life is um, mothering, you know, parenting. I feel like it's, gotten more complex as they get older Mm -hmm. and so I'm really intentionally like in that and that's kind of what's going on for me right now I I think that makes you like super relatable though to all of the physicians right because really I mean what do most physician moms you know, these are some of our, everybody's top struggles, right? Or even if we call it not struggles, but we all are trying to create this work-life balance or we call it integration now. And I do a lot of that in my coaching too, where we really talk about that integration of work, life, self, other, mothering, family time, husband or wife time and all of that. And then of course, like mothering. Yes. Yes. With 
with that intention, like not to let these, my older son is 15 now. Um, I mean, as you know, as a mom of a college student, like, I feel like this time, like these next four years, I'm doing everything I can to like, not hold on, like hold him back, but like hold on to this experience and really like be here and witness and enjoy and, um, and get this time before he goes away and grows up. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, you know, it's interesting too, because I think we all naturally have an easier or harder time to connect with our children at different ages. Yeah. I actually found the, you know, 15, 16 and on a little bit easier. I was struggling more through the 12, 13 and the puberty where I was like, I don't know what happened. Like who hijacked my child and who did you leave behind? The sneer. Yeah. <laughs> Have you, your son had a sneer, but yeah. 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 So People that want to learn more about you, that want to find you, yes. where do they find you? Well, there are a couple different ways. Um, one, I also have a podcast. Um, it's called More Than Just a Doctor, and it's on all the um, major platforms. So that's a way to uh, hear me. And then I have a website called loveyourlifemd.com. And that's an easy way to connect with me. You can DM me through there. And then you can follow me on Instagram at Lil Soprano. Awesome. And of course, as always, we're going to link everything in show notes. Um, So anyway, I told people that you were my coach um, in the beginning. And I thank you forever for that. And I hope we will like coach forever um, together. Um, So what's it like to be my coach? Oh, oh, totally like off the cuff question. Yeah, you know, no. I come on the podcast as the coach. Yeah. So what's it like to be my coach? Oh, okay. So I actually have an answer for this. I mean, not like a prepared answer, but I think about my clients like often and like, it's a little bit like the job I do for people. It's very different. Um, so being your coaches is, is really fun, but you and I, Um, and this will sound a little bit woo, but like, I get to think about you in a more right-brained way. Mm -hmm. Like I really, like you're very in this, as I mentioned before, like super creative energy space right now. Yes. And so I get to, like, it's super fun for me to sort of play on that energetically and think about you in a right brain, like not necessarily word way all the time. And people may not understand what that means, but like, I feel like when we, when you and I are coaching about possibilities and, and just, you know, future and whatnot, like it allows me like to access my creativity. Um, And that's just, it's like, it's a ton of fun. So thank you for that. Like, it's a different, like you and I can talk about like images. Right. And sort of outside of just. Yeah. A lot of times it's not very concrete. Right. Because we're both in the space of growth and expansion and energy. 
Yes. And, and talking about, and I love that you and I can speak in that language and sort of the language of right brain and like, um, bigger connection to the universe. Mm-hmm. And like, that's of course, like, that's not what I talk about with everyone, but it's a incredibly, um, rewarding space to be in. Well, thank you. And I am forever thankful to you and I love you and I love the connection that we have. And so thank you for coming on and sharing this with our listeners. Thank you for talking about your concept of a rich life. It definitely, you know, over the years, you've definitely helped me sort of anchor into and I think that's what it really is to anchor and solidify what are the things that make my life rich and I can honestly say that with your help my life feels so awesome it feels so expansive and you know when people are like how do you get to do all the things that you want to do I think like this concept of a rich life and really clarifying and being intentional about what's important to you is the answer. Mm-hmm. So I love that you were willing to talk about this with people and people, if you wanted, um, Dr. Lil is absolutely here for you. Um, it is, it is really the most fun life. I mean, that is really the whole idea about it is that when you are able to be intentional and create that rich life and really realize what's important to you and get more of that, it just becomes so fun all the time. Like it's kind of insane. (laughs) Thank you so much for those kind words. And thank you for having me. I'm really honored to be on your podcast, to honor to be your coach and to talk about this in this space. Well, awesome. Thank you everybody for listening. Um, this is a little bit, again, a conversation between coaches, but the rich life concept is really so near and dear to my heart. Obviously, Lil is a very special person in my life that I'm forever grateful to and that I really love deeply. So this is a really personal, special episode for me and thank you so much again for coming on and thank you for listening thank you for listening to the aesthetic doctor podcast with dr judith border we'd love to connect with you outside of the show follow dr border on instagram at dr border and find more online and ways to work with dr border at www.theaestheticdoctor.com until next time be well